The Wealth Show is sponsored by Invesco. Today's professional investors are overloaded with more information than ever. At Invesco, we help professional investors see the possibilities ahead by cutting through the noise to the ideas that matter. Visit Invesco.com to see how. Invesco. Let's advance together. Capital at risk. Hello, my name is Sean Schaefer and welcome to The Wealth Show from Citywa. Courtier's £25 million UK equity income fund is currently the peer group top performer over the past year. The fund has returned just shy of 70%, compared with a sector average of 36%. I spoke with Gary Reynolds, who runs the strategy with his son Jake. He noted that bets on publisher Reach and Royal Mail were a driving force in recent performance, after selling both positions as a significant gain. In this episode, we also speak about the fund manager's approach to impending inflation and how he makes his portfolio ESG compatible, despite having sin stock names in the fund. Your fund is one of the top performers among UK equity income strategies. Which positions have driven the performance the most? It's, it has been fortunate for us quite across the board since we launched the fund in, in 2015. Um, but if you look uh, a bit more recently, REACH had an exceptionally um, good increase in share price um, up to August this year when we sold it. So that had risen a, a about 600% in the year. Uh, over the last year, Royal Mail um, also did very well for us. Uh, I was I was going to hold back and saying Royal Mail delivered for us because it sounds like a terrible, terrible pun, but um, that had an extremely good run. I mean, it did, it did very well. It was, it was sort, a lot was sorted out under Rico back that took it on. And then it did very well during the pandemic delivering parcels. Um, Persimmon has been one that we've held throughout, and that's consistently delivered. And then Elementis, um, which is sort of a chemicals um, paint-type business, uh, did very well. We sold that in April um, this year. So those um, Reach and Royal Mail over the last year were two big contributors to the outperformance. Reach was really a a lovely value story. You, You get a company that is unloved because... It's got traditional news, so it's Daily Express, Mirror. Um, nobody's really thinking um, uh, 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 tabloids or even broadsheets for that matter because everything's moving online. And what, what the market, I think, had missed is that Reach was getting almost as many hits on a monthly basis as a company like Google, which is being valued at 30-plus times earnings, whereas when we get hold of Reach, it was valued at three to four times earnings. So... Our logic was this is, you know, this has got core value. There's a core buy-in. They've got kind of an annuity-type income coming through on subscription. It's good for advertising. All the same reasons that would make Google valuable should make Reach valuable. And then, rather beautifully, the market gave it a lovely re-rating, and we we picked up on it. We had to sell it because it ceased to be value by our definition. But it was. Um, I think it was just a, a, a realization that 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 you can find some absolute gems without looking for the high growth companies, and 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 this was really this was one of them in the last twelve months. And when you say you had to sell it, what's the sort of cutoff for you? Is it when the the, the PE ratio becomes too too challenging for you? Could you maybe explain when when you sell? Yes, so um, PE ratio would 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 get a bit challenging um 
and the, the, it's but that's not the only metric we would we would use other things like enterprise value to EBITDA, um, price to cash flow, quality of balance sheet. Um, Reach actually was still good on a lot of the quality measures, but it we we have kind of a a, a, a method of measuring stocks. So if they get a, a score of over fifty, they are value. If they're under 50, they cease to be value. And once that score for an existing stock drops below the 50, then it's it's going to have to leave the portfolio unless we think that there's going to be a big earnings revision. Um, so you may find something. We, we had to make some adjustments during the pandemic because companies had seen big decreases in their earnings were obviously not showing any value they were showing negative PE so that wasn't really very good so you had to then make it a judgment as to whether the earnings were, were about to return to something um, approaching normal but with reach that wasn't the case it was just really a case of it, it got a massive price revision I think the market woke up to the fact that actually if we if we like a lot of these growth stocks then we'd better like reach a little bit more because it exhibits some of the some of the qualities of them and and um, and it, and it picked up. But as we couldn't argue that there was any case for a big earnings revision, it, it had to go out. That's one of the sell disciplines in, in the portfolio. You mentioned Royal Mail there as well. Um, I'm assuming a lot of the share price increase has been from people you know, increasing their online shopping and thus more deliveries. Is that the case or is there more to it? Yes, uh, I, that was the case. And I think also... It was a lot of the work that the new CEO Rico Bat did with, with the business, which was getting it um, into a a a better uh, a better shape. Um, and then along came, so we were holding it kind of for um, the fact that it it, it had um, certain value exhibits. It was it was um, it was looking good uh, and. Rico Back had an exceptionally good track record of uh, having profitable parcel businesses in Europe. Um, so he, they, his company was bought out by by Royal Mail. He eventually uh, he came over with the deal, rose to be the CEO. Um, so it wasn't just because well, well, obviously we didn't think the pandemic was going to come along, which was going to make parcel deliveries take off. But Royal Mail benefited from that, and they benefited from a strategy. Of Rico back saying that we we need to stop being a letters business that delivers parcels to being a parcels business that delivers letters. Um, the reason we sold it actually wasn't so much that it, it ceased to be value. Its PE um, is still trading at around seven to eight. Um, the the reason was that we just they, they got rid of Rico back and we didn't like the new management. We just felt that Simon Thompson, the new CEO was quite acquiescent as far as the unions are concerned and we we felt the business were going to slip back towards being looking more like a a, a state-run entity than a dynamic um, private business so um, we decided to walk and look for better opportunities sure um let's look on the sort of flip side obviously supply chain bottlenecks are mounting there's also the threat of rising inflation what are your main concerns as a fund manager for, for Q1? I, I, I'm going to tell you inflation, but not in not in the way that uh, perhaps um, some of the inflation hawks are going on about it. You know, I think I, I cut my teeth 
working in the 70s. So my initial 10 years or so of, of my working career was spent in a very inflationary period with some eye-watering figures, plus 22%, etc. Um, Napoleon always says, if you want to understand the man, you need to look at what the world was like when he was in his 20s. And I think most of my generation, that's the 60-somethings, are always thinking that inflation at some stage is going to come back. I don't think that. I don't think it's coming back in the way that we experienced it in the 70s. But I think we're going to move away from this deflationary environment and uh, that there'll be some return of normality towards inflation and interest rates. You know, the States has already got the highest highest inflation rate for 30 years. Um, now, I think there are very good reasons for that. And I don't think anyone should expect that inflation in either the US or the UK is going to start creeping towards 10%. I think what we're going through is a transitory shock, but I don't think it's going back to approaching approaching zero when everything mm. settles down and, and and as specifically as a uk equity income manager how does that impact you i mean it, it does that sort of mean the dividends are likely to be stretched a bit um no i think it's a very good argument for being in in in, in companies that that have cash in decent balance sheets i think we where, what you tend to find is in a rising interest rate, a rising inflationary environment, the value does very well. And as a UK equity income uh, fund, we invariably exhibit a lot of value um, uh, credentials. So I think it makes a fund like ours an outstanding buy if you're trying to hedge against uh, an inflation increase. Um, whilst whilst trying also to have a range of stocks that have got solid balance sheets and are relatively cheap, so for us it's not it's not a fear. I think the people that should be a lot more worried about inflation increases are those holding uh, predominantly growth stocks, which tend to have not many assets that you can kick and break a toe on, and also you you rely on the discount rate being very low to justify multiples of thirty, forty, fifty, sixty times. Um, whereas if you if you're managing a portfolio of value stocks and you've got you've got a, a an average PE of eleven to twelve, your earnings yield is is approaching double digits, and and it gives you a lot of comfort if you're going to get some form of inflation. And there's certain stocks that have nice value attributes at the moment. Some of the financials, um, some of the materials businesses, real estate companies. And they're all going to do okay if you get if you get an inflationary environment. Well, you've mentioned growth funds there, and obviously income funds have largely been unloved compared with growth counterparts. And do you think that sets sets change going forward? Um, it will change. Uh, you 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 can buy you can buy uh, a, a nice income portfolio now. Fantastic range of of um, of value stocks at the biggest discount in terms of earnings yield that you could buy it for some time now you know the uh, buffett sort of proves if you can stay with your strategy in the long term you can you can make a lot of money because not everybody can live to 90 or in charlie munger's case 97 but um nevertheless it work it does it does work in the long term and you can't go on paying for stocks with increasing pe's because in the end you end up as as the final fall that's 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 holding a, a crop of valueless rubbish before it comes back down. 
And growth has had a wonderful run, I think, largely because you've had this this tech boom and intangibles have been breaking new ground. But it's always something new that 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 changes society that gets a big value at one stage. It's 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 coal miners at another stage. It's the railway companies. Then it's then it's oil. Then it's financials. Now it's sort of uh, tech and communication businesses. If we have this conversation in 20 years time, we'll be talking about something else. But my guess is the one thing we would be talking about is why value outperformed growth so drastically over the last two decades. And I would be looking back to you and saying, look, John, you can see the margins that we, we had around that time. And it was a it was a no brainer. And I think I think value is a, a no brainer right now. Today's professional investors are overloaded with more information than ever, from digesting market and economic data to probing new trends and ideas. At Invesco, we help professional investors see the possibilities ahead by cutting through the noise to the ideas that matter. With a proven past and an eye on the future, we bring the latest thought-provoking investment analysis and diverse ideas directly to professional investors. Visit Invesco.com to see how. Invesco, let's advance together. Capital at risk. I wanted to drill back down into some of the holdings in your portfolio. So you've got M&S as your second largest holding and its yeah. share price has done pretty well recently. <laughs> why do you, uh, to excuse the pun, but why do you think it's got its spark back? <laughs> um, I, I, think it's, I think it's rediscovering its, its consumer base and also, rather interestingly, finding it's got some uh, younger consumers. So for us, again, we, we're not going to buy uh, any company unless it, it features as having strong uh, value attributes. Marks and Spencer's pops up and um, and uh, I think, well, you know, it's it's a stodgy old company that's been run badly for a long time. You know, it, it, it lost its way as being one of the great retailers of the 70s and 80s. But in fairness, everybody else caught it up on quality and refunds policy and then went beyond it um but our um, real estate analyst matt uh, is walking down outside the office office and i see him and he's wearing this stunning looking coat and uh, i say to him uh, matt that looks that looks great where'd you get that from and he said mns i thought my goodness me you know you're young why are you buying at mns and then when you ask a few other people other people were buying at mns so here we are with a nice value stock solid balance sheet and it's beginning to it's beginning to get its mojo back um it's obviously doing so, so what do you think that what do you think they are are changing because they have been criticized on the fashion side and i think often it's perhaps the food side of the business that has seemingly done better has there been a big change on the on the fashion side yeah, I, I, I think, well, I think that they had struggled to provide a reason for certain um, certain segments of society to go and buy their clothes there again. So as, as a male, it's OK for me. I go online to M&S and what do I buy? Socks and pants. And that's that's the default place to go. And I, my guess is most males would say the same to you. But are you going to get young guys going in there buying a sharp coat or a suit? Um, and I think they've lost their way in that regard, but they're getting it back again now. And one of the other criticisms you heard a lot from, and this would be from my wife, is that when she was going in shopping at M&S, 
she felt they were trying to appeal to her, de her demographic, but she didn't want to shop which somewhere that was appealing to her demographic. So, uh, and she just felt it was confusing. You couldn't see where the when one brand started and the other one ended. But they seem to have, they seem to have got their sales going again. Um, they've obviously they've done extraordinarily well on the quality of their food, and that's been a a, a, a real winner for them with their with their smaller stores and things. And their deliveries, but I'm. Um, I think they're they're getting back now on the they're getting back now on the food, and that's um uh, on the clothes, and that's a that's a big bonus to an owner. So we wandered into that, and then picked up a massive share hike. So that was uh, that was lovely timing. So at what point did you buy them? Um, I think we bought them about three months three months ago. Uh, I'd have to dig those out for a job. So you've, quite, you've been quite... able you've been able to ride the wave somewhat on that. Yeah, yeah, we've been enjoying the ride. It's been it's been fantastic for us. Really good. You've made a pretty solid return on your investment in gambling firm Playtech. Why did you first invest in that stock? Uh, our analyst, first of all, it came up as a, a good value buy, um, but was quite interesting. So the the process we have is the the stock is is shortlisted. And the analyst is then given the stock to look at. And the analyst is told, find a reason that we can't buy this. So they would have to find something that wasn't in the metrics. It might be they don't like the management. They might think it's a, a polluter. They might think it's a value trap in which they've got to explain. But effectively, they've got to say there's either no reason to reject or reject the stock. So you go back to Playtech and uh, we, we, when we pick that up, it, it comes up with lots of value attributes. Um, the analyst looks at it, and as he said, um, at the time there's no reason there's no reason to reject that. This um, it's it's in the right sector, and they're quite high high tech. You know, online gambling is becoming increasingly more popular, um, and so the, the in fact we didn't make any money in the initial initial months of purchase back in 2017 because the stock started have a, to have a bad time but this year we've got it all back and some because you you get that um because it got bought so um it wasn't that we were particularly pro gambling companies although we're certainly not anti them it was just that this it, it did have a very very strong platform and we thought it'll either build its business very quickly on this platform or somebody else will want it because it wasn't um you know it, it wasn't a it wasn't a global business, and as it was then, it 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 it, it ended up getting purchased. Obviously, the the portfolio includes oil majors. You've got Shell in there, miners. You've got Anglo American gambling, as we've just mentioned. Um, can you have an income portfolio without these perceived sin stocks? Um, and and you know, how do you manage that from an ESG perspective? Well, we get we get four globes from Sustainalytics, so. Um, it just shows that some sin stocks can be good can be good stocks to pick up from an ESG point of view. Um, we're we're pretty agnostic when it comes down to um, uh, the type of companies we we buy. Um, I, I I think that you by its nature at the moment that the the stocks that are unloved tend to be the ones that are more obviously a target for the sustainability movement. And I think our job as fund managers, and bear in mind, we're human beings, 
every one of us on the team wants a better future for our children and grandchildren. And nobody wants to make money to the detriment of the future generations. Um, and, and I think that would go for virtually every CEO of every company that's around, perhaps not all of them, but I would say the majority of them. So what we want to do is engage the capital with those that want to have change. So some, sometimes you can argue that the, the organisations with the biggest potential for change for clearing up the, 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 the carbon footprint is the ones that produced it in the first place, that people like Royal Dutch Shell and, 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 um, and BP. So we would not hesitate to be involved with those businesses, although we will look at them and see what they're doing. And a lot of these companies are putting significant amounts of capital into sorting out their problem. And that's logical because in a way, if they want to survive on the basis that this movement towards an improving climate is now got so much momentum, it's not going to change. If these organisations want to want to survive, they have to clean their act up. Well, some of them have taken a hit on price already as, as a result of that. You know, you can buy you can buy Shell on a forward P of about nine. So that's not bad. But a lot of people are staying away from it because they 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 think it's an obvious polluter, and you and you're going to be asked more questions if you own these types of things. But I think the 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 issue is not whether you own an oil company or or even a tobacco company if you want to come down to that, that because some of the tobacco companies have got uh, a much bigger incentive to uh, to come out with some way of their customers. Uh, in taking uh, nicotine in a safe way um, than has any other business in the world. So I think what you've got to be on the front foot with is change as opposed to necessarily stepping back and saying, I won't invest in you because you're a, you're a dirty polluting business or you're an unhealthy business um, or you know, you are a gambling business and therefore you there, there are you can you create tragedy for people you've got to actually say well what what are you well, what are you doing I, well about? okay but well, well i mean you you've quite succinctly answered energy even even sort of given an explanation for tobacco there but gambling's slightly different obviously um there are quite negative um ethical implications for gambling how, how do you square that as a fund manager i think because there's positive ones as well are we going to be anti? You could argue exactly the same with with alcohol. We know people that get into problems with with alcohol. There are alcoholics out there. Are you going to ban out ban alcohol to solve that prop that problem? Alcohol brings an awful lot of pleasure to an awful lot of people. It provide it's got no mass commerce. You can argue exactly the same with I think with gambling. Um, a lot of people get a lot of pleasure from it. A lot of people do it quite safely and enjoy it it creates an industry it creates jobs you probably wouldn't have the horse racing um, fraternity in this country if you didn't have a strong um, gambling sector um, so you'd lose a lot of other other things and it isn't necessarily there's nothing necessarily immoral about engaging in 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 gambling um, it's just something that i think gives people a problem because of the consequences but you could argue exactly the same with 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 um with alcohol and that that would be you know it's exactly it, 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 it's the same well gary thank you so much for joining me today thank you john i thoroughly enjoyed it it's been nice speaking to you 
The Wealth Show is sponsored by Invesco. Today's professional investors are overloaded with more information than ever. At Invesco, we help professional investors see the possibilities ahead by cutting through the noise to the ideas that matter. Visit Invesco.com to see how. Invesco. Let's advance together. Capital at risk.